Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. The name that I've got written down here which has been spoken about and kind of drifted away was Anitis. If he comes he wants a big salary and he wants a big player budget. I told you when Rangers would win the league we'd cunt a plus point and we're cunt a plus points in front. The big news came last night about um, Derek McInnes. Um, yep. I thought it was the, the right time to make a change. That's the challenge now for Sir. They've got to respond. The fans yep. are looking for a reaction and there's huge pressure on the hierarchy at Celtic and the board to get this one right. This is massive. It's been an incredible few days just to get it over the line and become champions and get the 55 back. It's real special time. The Goal Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited hosted by Paul Cooney, Barry Fer- Ferguson and Marvin Barkley. Call now and voice your opinion. 0808 1717 Rangers are in Prague for tomorrow's Europa League last 16 match with Slavia and leave behind the political storm in the wake of the weekend's clinching of the title and the supporters' celebrations breaking lockdown. And will it affect the Super Sunday, 21st of March? We'll discuss that today on the programme. 0808 17 17 700. Barry Ferguson, Marvin Bartley in the studio. And last night's interview, talking of Celtic, about Go Radio's interview with Robert Snodgrass. Who's going to be the new manager? Will it be the coach Enzo Maresca? He's at Man City. It's a big talking point in the papers today. And also Liam Shaw. Is he still coming from Sheffield Wednesday to Celtic? We'll discuss that on the programme. But first of all, the social media abuse today again of Shane Duffy about the death of his father a few months ago has provoked outrage everywhere people disgusted his mother has come out to say really you have to get a grip this is ridiculous and Barry Ferguson I know that's the first thing you said when you came into the studio this afternoon yep it's disgusting sick disgraceful whatever you want to um, call it Paul um, in terms of Losing your father, it must have been so hard for him. Um, but for somebody to c- come on and, and have a, a go up on social media on um, the platform, I, I just think it's not right. I, I don't know what goes through people's heads. Um, look, he's had a hard time in terms of being on the pitch. I think if you criticised him in terms of his performance, I think he would be okay with that. But to be personal and go into the death of his father, I think it's outrageous. Um, the guy's just a, a sick person. That's... Basically, all, all I can say in it, and um, I know, I, uh, listen, my father's 74, and I know how I would feel if I lost my father. So, sad time for, for Shane Duff, and he, he doesn't need to get put through things like that. Um, as I said, there's a lot of words I can describe um, uh, the person who used social media to, to have a go at him. I just think it's bang out of order, Paul. And you're obviously sending uh, your thoughts to him, to Shane Duffy. You know, he's a Celtic, he's the Ireland captain, but there's a respect in the game and people need to really... I mean, this is it's nothing to do with football. I don't know where they get this, I don't know why. Is this one of the reasons why you're not on social media, Barry? There's great things yeah, in social put, media. But it is, it's great for a lot of things, but it allows people the platform to go and abuse um, people in a, a, a bad way. 
Um, and that's one of the reasons why I don't go on it, Paul. Um, I know it has its benefits, but things like this um, just puts me totally off it, as I said. Look, I think if you ask any players, and even Marv, I think Marv's on it. If somebody comes on and criticises you, have maybe not had a good game, they can accept that, right? But see, when it starts to become personal, that's when it, it's um, it's just bang out of order. And when I read it, um, I felt sick, to be honest with you. Well, thanks for saying that, Barry. I think it's that's courageous. Come out and say that. Call these people out and let's move on. And Marvin, you've discussed it. You've had abuse as well online. We talked about it a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, racist abuse. But there's, there is no place Paul, for it. Paul, what, yeah. gives, what, what gives people the right to come on and, and do that? None. But it's anonymity. This is the it's problem. A joke. Yep. It's and, a joke. Yep. It, 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 gets me, it gets me angry. And we're actually giving these guys some airtime, sure. which I don't really want to give no, them. They no. don't deserve it. Um, but you want to call it out, obviously. Yeah, I do yeah. want to call it out. And Marv's went through it, like racial abuse as well. Yeah. It's just bang out of order. Marvin, you've experienced it. Yeah. What, what's uh, it like getting some kind of abuse online? You know, like, like Barry's described there, it's hurtful. It's yeah. very, very hurtful. Um, I can only imagine what Shane was like when he opened up the message. Um, and lucky enough for me, like my both my parents are still alive, but to, to receive a message like that, but for somebody to, to think about that and then to type it out, reread it and then send it, I'm not sure what sort of headspace they're in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think a lot of what happens with social media is that people send stuff and they think they send it to a profile. They don't realise there's a human at the other end of this. I think, you know, when there's no accountability for you sending these things, it's so easy to do. Um, you know, to, to talk about somebody's, you know, parent who's passed or, or to abuse somebody. And as Barry said, you know, I'm a big boy. If someone comes and abuses me about my performance and whatever else, and I have discussions with you, you know, we lost a cup final just the other day and a fan of another team came on uh, to my social media and sent me a message saying, I'm so glad you lost because whenever you're on the radio or the TV, you speak badly of my club. And I actually replied to him. We ended up having a good conversation and went our separate ways and said, listen, good luck for the rest of the season. I'm, I'm, I can deal with that. You know, that, that's absolutely fine. When you're talking about the stuff that like what's happened today, and it's not just Shane that affects, it's his family. You know, it's 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 his obviously his mum's come out and spoken about it, but it's the rest of his family as well, and it's heartbreaking. It really is, and it upsets me. You know, to to know that another player is going through that because I've been through it obviously slightly differently with what the abuse that I face, but it's upsetting, and it doesn't matter. You know, you spoke about being a footballer and, and, and receiving this sort of thing. One human to another, it's not acceptable. Regardless of what your job is, regardless of what you do, you don't deserve to be going on social media and receiving a, a message like that. Thankfully, my both of my parents are still alive. Yeah. I know what both of my parents mean to me, um, and obviously, I, look, I can't speak for uh, the big man, um, but he would know. I'd probably hazard a guess. His, his dad was somebody I looked up up to, and I look up to my dad. And for somebody to go on a social media platform and have a pop at him, um, I, I don't Disgusting. know if it's through these. Mm. These people's heads. I, I really don't. Shane Duffy's mum said uh, it wasn't just his dad; it was his best friend. And it's horrendous. So you know, I look up to yeah. my dad. Mm -hmm. My dad's my hero. And I bet the person who sent Wonderful. the message looks yeah. up to their father as well. That's yep. the worst thing yeah. about it. I know. Yeah. How's yeah. how's his family going to think? Mm -hmm. What's his? He's got a, a mother and father. I would guess as well, or, or maybe yeah. even brothers or sisters. But this guy, um, I don't know what will happen. Yeah. Um, but again, I can use loads of words to describe it, yeah. Paul. It's just it's just a mm -hmm. sick individual for me. But Barry came in and sensed about it. I was too. Marv came in and said the same thing. So Celtic have been on to say this is yet another shameful and cowardly attack on Shane Duffy. Those responsible must be identified and the strongest action taken. 
I mean, the things that they can do on, you know, Facebook, Twitter and the things, the algorithms they can work on, they can send us then, you know, adverts for the rest of your life because they know what you like, but they say sometimes they can't find these people. Find them, sort it out. But it's respect we need right throughout the game. We love our football, but this is an entertainment and let's calm down. I was on the breakfast show this morning. Football is only human. Uh, And as I said, I do believe uh, if... Somebody goes on social media and maybe criticises you for having a bad game or a bad performance or a bad result. I'm sure the vast majority of football players could handle that, no problem. But see, when it becomes personal, Paul, and certainly with losing your your father, um, as I says, I I just don't get it. I don't get what goes through these people's brains at times. Good on Shane Duffy's mum coming out and speaking out against the trolls because you can see when, when, when the mum comes out, it does, you really think, we need to get a grip here. Yeah, but she's obviously extremely hurt by it. And, and you'd expect her to be hurt, you know. So the only way that she can probably try and get this sorted out is to come out and speak about it. But social media companies, I've said it before, they don't want to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they could. You know, they could they could bring a ruling in tomorrow and it stops all of this sort of stuff. They don't want to do anything about it because it's all about clickbait. It's all about people going on your website. It's all about, you know, unfortunately, people are going to see this story. They're going to press on it, whatever social media platform it was on. They're then going to go on that to try and find the person. That's all they care about, you know. It's well, numbers. What about football players just come off it? Yeah. Then they'll have a problem. Yeah. And that is why you don't go on it. Because we say to you at times, go on social media. Yeah. Uh, come on, you've got a big following. Yeah, that, that's one of the reasons. Because um, I, I don't know how I would react, Paul, if I'm being honest. Okay. It's the Go Radio Football Show. We don't shirk the big issues. We love our football. And so many people, the vast majority of people, 99.9%, they love it. And they're kind to each other. You know, we take the knee at the football matches. Absolutely right. Respect everyone. Black Lives Matter. Everyone, let's look after each other, you know, in this pandemic as well, because it'll be somebody behind a keyboard, anonymous, you know, never you think it would be. Uh, and please cut it out. Think of uh, the toll you're having on, on the Duffy family. And it happens to many people, you know, so yeah, many well, Mav just mentioned yeah, that he's been ra- racially abused as well. Disgusting. I, I mean, yeah. That's a good word to use there, disgusting, yep. sick, disgraceful, it whatever. It's not right. So... To the football itself, Rangers are in Prague for the match with Slavia tomorrow. I wonder how the heads are. Barry was on in Monday night, Marvin. I don't know if you heard him. But he was struggling. And you can imagine after, you know, Sunday and when Celtic uh, lost. Let's hear from Steven Gerrard uh, before they flew out this morning to Prague. He says they're ready to go again. The players deserve to, to celebrate. Sacrificed a lot, but a tremendous amount of effort into to get this done and get it over the line. We also as a group have, have had some criticism along the way and we've been down at times along the way as well. So when you finally get this over the line, the feeling's difficult to describe. But now we're back in the routine. Spoke to the players yesterday at length and um, we had a session where got the legs moving again. Um, they've had a chance to get some rest. It's actually a good thing that we're going away now. We can monitor all the food and the hydration levels and get them ready to, to fire once the kickoff comes. But it's just been an incredible few days, obviously difficult to describe. Huge match tomorrow night though, Barry, then they have to get themselves back up for it. There is, you're painting a bad picture here. <laughs> <laughs> I myself. Um, I had yeah. one, one or two drinks too many, Marv, so you're allowed. Uh, you're allowed. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> of course. At first time in 10 years. Marvin, what would you want to say about the champions? We're going to take a call in a moment or two about the uh, Shane Duffy and about the abuse situation. But first of all, you'd want to pay tribute to the champions. 100%, you know, and what Stephen said there, you had to let the players celebrate it. You know, what they've achieved and 
I think a lot of people don't realise that the sacrifices footballers have to make and, and these players would have had to make to, you know, play at that level consistently for, for the season. You know, a lot of them probably living away from their families and, you know, training around Christmas and not being able to, you know, celebrate Christmas with your families with a drink or whatever else. So they deserved it. They really, really did deserve it because they've been absolutely fantastic. And as you said, you know, um, playing in the same league as them, as them and we played them the other day. And again, they were brilliant. You know, every game they just seemed to, you know, turn it on. And it's absolutely unreal to see them do it. And, you know, I'm, I'm delighted for them as, as one player to another. You know, congratulations to them. And you know, hopefully they go out in Europe and, and perform again tomorrow. And they'll be ready for it, Barry, you reckon? Yeah, listen, there's no doubt we've all seen they, they celebrated on, on Saturday and Sunday. And they had every right to do so. Um, and they get a, they get a rest day on Monday. Got the legs moving on Tuesday. We had a good session today before they flew out. And as the manager just says... They can now watch what they're eating and, and drinking and and uh, fully focus on which is going to be a tough game, Paul. Uh, you just need to look um, Slavia Pla- uh, Prague last round against a very good Leicester team. Um, so it's not going to be an easy game, but it's it's a winnable game. Um, if you looked at the draw, I think Rangers would have took Slavia Prague. So they've got every opportunity to get into the quarterfinals. Rob's on the line, a Rangers fan. Rob, good evening. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Hi, Rob. Yeah, we're well. How are you? I'm just coming down from yeah. the moon, actually, after what's happened. I'm just listening to what you were saying yeah. at the start of the show there. And being a Rangers fan, I think it's absolutely downright ridiculous. And I know what words you want to use, Barry, but obviously you can't for the sake of radio. Mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous. I want to send my condolences to his mother and personally to Shane Duffy himself because I think it is absolutely downright ignorant. Of any person. Yeah, but uh, do you know what? Like Rob speaking for ninety nine point nine percent of Rangers fans. Yeah. Yes, definite, definite, Barry, mm. definite, mate. Brilliant, Rob. Appreciate you making the call uh, on the football. We're just saying that's the team away over there, and a hundred percent fact, Marvin. You isn't it great to hear somebody like Rob coming on and saying how he enjoyed it there? He's a Rangers fan. Hey, when Shane Duffy's wearing the green and white, he's hoping that he slips up or whatever. But this is something completely different. But great to hear Rob on the line. Of course it is, you know, and everyone knows the rivalry between yeah. the two clubs, you know. So for for a fan of of the opposing club to come on and say that, and you'd expect that because, as I said, we're all humans, you know. You don't want to, you know, as you said, you want Celtic to lose game. You want Celtic to lose every single game. But when it gets personal like that and you're talking about somebody's father, you know, Rob doesn't want to hear that. You know, I don't want to hear that. No Rangers fan wants to hear that. So, my fair play to him, definitely. Mm. Rob, stay on just now. Marvin, were you surprised that Celtic dropped points on Sunday? 27 shots on goal, but they couldn't score. What, what was your feeling as you were watching it? What did you think was going to happen? I actually thought that the goal was going to come. And I thought mm. once they got one, they were going to get two and three and it. You know, it's just sums up their season, really. You know, the frustration they've probably had as fans watching it and as players, they just can't seem to do it at this moment in time. And, you know, all eyes are on them because obviously, you know, if they did drop points, then Rangers were going to win the league. So there was that added pressure as well. But, you know, Celtic have to be winning those games. You know, I've said it many times before, you know, the size of that club, the budget they have, the players they have, they need to be doing a lot, lot better. And again, it's another disappointing performance. And, and now the league's gone. Um, you know, mathematically, I think it's time to sort out what happens in the future. I know Kennedy's been giving it, I think, to the, to the summer, but I think they need to get a permanent manager in place and you know start to sort things out right now. Rob, as a Rangers fan, as as a football fan, what do you think about the headlines and the political storm about the weekend? I'm sure you'd agree. You know, it shouldn't have happened. There was success in some areas, but yeah, I'm going to stick up with Stephen Gerrard here because yes, Rangers did come out and say that 
They wish the fans would remove themselves from Ibrox when they come in. Yes, there was scenes of Stephen Gerrard coming in in his car and things like that. And yes, everybody's quite entitled to celebrate. But yes, think of all these poor people that's lost family, friends, can't visit their, their mother and father, and this thing's happening. So Rob, Barry, as Barry says, yes, you, you need to celebrate, but there's ways of doing it. We're in an epidemic, remember. But Stephen Gerrard did come out and say to the fans, he pleaded with them, please do not come out. Yes, celebrate. Do it in your house. Do not come out and do what you are doing because it's not fair and everybody else would have been a serious pandemic. Great point. It's a big issue. What would you say, Barry, to to well the politicians if they're listening? Because because Rob, yeah, what would you say? Because some of them are saying, well, it shouldn't happen. I heard someone on this morning in the news saying, ah, oh, this business shouldn't be allowed to continue just now. Football's a huge business and it's kept people entertained. It shouldn't happen. Of course, we realise that. But do you really think there'll be trouble on the twenty first of uh, no. March? I don't think uh, so. Do you? I've been honest, I don't think there will be. No. Um, look, I think getting football back up here in terms of elite level for the players, first and foremost, mentally it was great. Mm. And now also for the fans. The fans can't get to the games, but they can watch their teams on their, their TV uh, platforms. Um, so it's important that we continue with football. Great point. For mental health, Marvin, you know, football. Imagine where we would be without the, the games that are on. We see them we, you know, on Sky, there's so many games on, our own football show, other ones. People love Football, yeah, of course, it's an entertainment business at the end of the day, yeah. um, and and definitely for people's mental health. Being able to watch it just on a television, obviously, you can't go to grounds at this moment in time with what's going on. But being able to watch it on the television, I think it's a massive, massive help. Even for me, you know, when I'm not playing myself, the amount of football that's on at this moment in time, it kind of distracts you from what's going on in the real world for you know 90 minutes or however many games you watch. So, you know, it, it's so important that it does carry on. Um, I totally agree. You know, it plays such a bigger part than just the players going out there and playing and enjoying themselves. I think for the whole of society, for people who do enjoy football um, it's absolutely key Rob what would you say to the politicians uh, uh, well just the same as Barry says uh, I'd like to use other words but I'm not going to do it but no I mean, I'm, I'm, I hear what you're saying but also they're listening it's easy to jump up I mean they, they have a duty public order and all the rest is with the police yeah, I know yeah. and I know you do Rob yeah no I'm actually being really positive here it's dead easy to jump on the back of football and have a go at football Um but football fans, by and large, will be responsible. What What's the issue going to be in the 21st? The league's been won by Rangers. The Celtic fans know that and respect that. This is Rangers season. I don't quite see what it's going to be unless somewhere people are just trying to stir it up, Rob. But do you, I, I'm saying to you, I think most people would say they'll enjoy it watching it on the telly and listening in here on Super Sunday on Go Radio. You don't need to go to the East End. Exactly. As John Hartson said when he was on the show today, he said, it doesn't matter. The league's over. Whether, whether Celtic beat Rangers 4, 5, 6, nothing the next two games. It doesn't matter. The league's finished with. Or if you lose 4 or 5, nothing. After you what they lose, it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd take the bait there at that point. Oh, Listen, well done, Rob. Uh, well, right. well handled. <laughs> Rob, what's the scoreline tomorrow night to the football itself? What do you reckon? Uh-huh. Hard uh, game, I reckon 2-1 Rangers. 2-1 Rangers. Great call, Rob. We really appreciate you calling in and saying what good you did. Problem, Thank you. Cheers. Good luck. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. 
It's Wednesday evening, the Go Radio Football Show, and you are in the company with the former Rangers and Scotland legend, Barry Ferguson, and the Livingston former Hebs legend. I'm trying to think of the English clubs as well, Burnley yep. as well. There is <laughs> Marvin Bartley. Marvin, great to see you. We're just saying that we haven't seen you since the cup final, and we were kind of, you know, we were rooting for you as one of our colleagues here. But it wasn't to be that day. How, how are you feeling? And we felt for you at the end. We saw the tears. Yeah. What was that moment like? Um... You know, it's, it was horrible. Um, you know, I, I knew it was my last chance at, at Silverware as a player. Um, you know, so you go into that game and with everything, you know, hoping to win, hoping to win, hoping to win. And then when the final whistle goes and you, and you lose a game, you know, it was, it was extremely hard to deal with. Um, I think what made it harder is that we, we had a fantastic chance against a team that were lower, lower than us in the league. Um, and being at Livingston, you know, you would never expect a team to be lower than you in the Premier League and playing in the Cup final. You know, if you go and play Celtic or Rangers, you go out there and you play the occasion, you hope for a bit of luck. But I felt that if we would have, you know, played, you know, to our potential, we would have won the game. And I think all those things just at the end of the game just all came to me and it was just like, you know what, we've, we've actually failed. Um, I think that's one thing that probably in modern day society, you're not allowed to say to players, you know, you've not been good enough today and you failed, but we did, you know, as, as a... as players and as a, as a club we failed um, and it's a cup final that we, we should have won um, in my eyes and, and we didn't so you know it's, it's extremely disappointing um, I said to the boys you know before the game that we'll never get an opportunity like this again you know whether you're 18 or, or you're 34 like me you'll never get an opportunity like this again in the cup final in a, especially if you're at Livingston you know if you go to Rangers or Celtic it might be slightly different um, but as I said we failed to kind of grab the opportunity and that's the most disappointing thing. Barry what was your take on the day? I was looking forward to the game. I, yeah. I think Marv summed it up pretty well there. I, I just don't think Livingston turned up, and I was obviously I was um, a bit surprised where I, I seen Marvin uh, starting the game. I look at Livingston, and Marvin's a leader. He's he plays in the central midfield. Um, he's a warrior in there, and I, I thought um, I fell from playing in the left. But listen, it's the type of professional he is. He, he goes and does a job um, for the team, and I was just thinking going through the game. Into half time, I'm thinking, right, surely Livingston will, will move Marv back into his, his natural position, but I, I think it only happened in the last five or ten minutes. So, look, I think overall, uh, sorry, St Johnson did deserve to win it. Um, again, it's an opportunity that I'm sure the Livingston players will look back and probably think, could they have done a bit more? They probably could have. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it's a great achievement to get the cup final, yeah. but when you get to a cup final, you want to go and win it. And we spoke just before the cut in the Wednesday night, I think it was. Don't leave anything um, on the pitch. Go out and give it everything you've got. And and sadly for Livingston, it wasn't to be. And St Johnson did deserve it for me. But I was surprised where Marvin played. He's obviously there to do a job because Sean Rooney is a big player for for St Johnson. Um, and the manager's had a decision to make and he done it but I just felt that affected Livingston on the day I'm not just saying it because Marvin's there I watch a lot of football I just think Marvin's better in the, the central area Marvin do you think you did leave something in the, out in the pitch you did say yourself it just didn't happen for you did it no it didn't happen um, and, and Barry's right there you know as, as a team I don't think enough of us performed or, or any of us if I'm honest performed to a level that we should have with it being a cup final and these are all the things you try and get across, you know, to, to boys who haven't been in that situation before that this is a cup final, this is a one-off game. There's no, you know, we can put it right in the next league game. Um, you know, this is a huge game and we need to go and perform. And and we didn't. And that was the most disappointing thing, you know, because sometimes in football you lose games, you go and play well, but you lose games. But we just didn't do that, you know. And, and as Barry says, St. Johnson definitely deserved it. Um, I mean, knew Rooney off, off the set pieces, he'll be dangerous. We knew mm. they, they were a dangerous team and that was probably the most disappointing thing, you know, concede a goal like, like we did. 
Um, but it's one of those things, you know, hopefully for the younger boys, as Barry said, they don't forget it. Um, it energises them to go on and do great things in their careers. But you lift yourself and it's a home game to Hamilton this weekend and they need every single point. It'll be a bit like a cup final. Yeah, yeah, just no medal at the end of it. You know, that's, that's yeah. probably the one that we win. Don't get a medal for. Yeah. So uh, no, listen, we want to get into the top six now. Um, you know, that's 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 our next uh, thing to tick off. We need to get into the top six, and a point against Hamilton does that. But you know, we've been on a bad run ourselves. So you know, playing at home. You know, we expect to get three points with where they are in the league and where we are in the league. But as you know, football's not played on paper. So you know, it's about uh, heading into that game and and trying to turn around this uh, this this form that we've, we're currently in. Here's Hugh on the line. He's called in to go radio football show. Hugh, good evening. Good evening, guys. How are we? Yeah, good. Thanks. How are you? Uh, yeah, very well. Very well. Apart from the weather. <laughs> yeah, it's actually not so good today. I heard Rochelle there about the traffic and travel. Not so good. Uh, but what's on your mind then, Hugh? Uh, I've, I've got a, a couple of quick points actually I don't know whether Barry can remember um, I, I, I'm really actually sad to hear about Shane Duffy's dad yeah. um, I didn't actually know that until I was listening to him on the way home from work there actually what happened so I do send my, my thoughts and prayers to Shane Duffy's mother and the rest of the family I mean I know Barry and Mav were saying there they've, they've still got their, their parents with them I lost both my parents 20 years ago it never goes away yeah. it is heartbreaking so I know exactly what he's going through yeah. but I don't know whether Barry can remember I think all this abuse on the were you are 100% right. Abuse you get online, etc. It's it's not good enough. It sh- and all these companies, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they should be blocking these people. Yep. Saying, and that's it. Uh, I don't know whether Barry can remember. It was a couple of months ago that a Rangers fan came on and had a go at Barry. And he was calling his integrity into question. And I was the next caller on. And I shot the guy down. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually backed Barry up. Um and I, I thought yeah. the guy was an absolute disgrace coming on and calling Barry, you didn't do this at club. And he, was, he was saying he, he didn't give 100% in the park, which I thought was total and utterly wrong. Um, and I don't know whether Barry can remember that, but I think that's what people need to realise. Whoever it is, and I've said this when Fernando Rickson died and um, all the, obviously all, all the other old firm players, and any players really, I'll always post on, on Facebook, Twitter, anywhere, that please remember, these are people's sons, Husbands, fathers, brothers, uncles, please remember they are human. So, it doesn't matter who you support, doesn't matter what your religion is, they're a human being. They have feelings, their families have feelings. Please respect that. So, that's that's how I take it. Hugh, you've Um, put that, I don't think we could put that uh, any better. So, you've got Marvin in your sights, haven't you, just now, as a a Motherwell fan? So, Livia just need one point to be safe. And Motherwell, it's looking a lot better for you than it was two weeks ago. But you you want to ask Marvin something? Yeah, it was just obviously, I know with the the situation Motherwell at the minute, uh, Marvin's played previously to Graham Alexander and recently with Graham Alexander team. Just to see if he's actually noticed any difference in the team. And he's been playing against us, uh, and also what chances do you think of Liam Kelly has to get in the Scotland squad? Because I think the guy's been outstanding since he's come in. Yeah, I noticed a difference in, in Motherwell for when I first came up five or six years ago um, to probably last season under Robinson. Uh, and they changed their style of football, and it was something that was obviously done over time. Because when I first came up in Motherwell, they were very, very direct. They were quite physical um, in attacking departments. I remember they had like big main and stuff up front as well, but you know. Uh, they started to change that um, over the years and obviously now with Graham Alexander coming in um, they're very well structured they've got good players there as they always did I think they were underachieving at the start of the season 
Um, I still think that you know they shouldn't be down where they are, but obviously he's trying to change that around now. But you know they they were they deserve to win. You know obviously we played you guys on on Saturday and you definitely deserve to win the game. Um, you know Tony Watt unfortunately for you guys went off uh, injured early on, but Devante Cole was was a constant problem for us. Um, also, the winger you've got on loan from Hearts was was a very very good player. I didn't understand how he's come on loan to the Premier League um, because he looks a handful, you know. And obviously Hearts are in the Championship. How he's not getting in in their squad and in their team, I was unsure about. But um, no, listen, I think you're you're in great great hands. Um, as I said, you know, I played a Graham Alexander at Burnley, and you know he's an ultimate professional. I spoke to him after the game also, and you know he's the plans he's got for Motherwell. Um, you know, I think you'll do very very well, and then be back to being a top six uh, club next season. Barry. Hugh, you must have been worried 10 days ago going to Easter Road. I, I did say in the, the Friday night show, um, I didn't see you getting that vital three points at Easter Road, but you see with two great results, one against obviously Hibs and then Livingston, just totally changes your season now. Definitely, Barry, but I, I have been on the show before, even at the beginning of the season, I think we're six games in and our, our form was shocking, but I've never been worried about the team because I always thought the players had it in them. I just honestly think it's confidence. Whether yeah. they're not confident of, of putting into place what, the, what obviously Steve Robinson was doing and what Graham Alexander was doing, but it has turned, the, the team form has turned around. Hibs was probably the, the shock result of the season for us because I never seen it. I sat and watched the game and I thought, where's this performance came from? It was phenomenal. Then again, we've carried it on against Livingston last Saturday and I just thought, this is where we should act, this is how we should be performing. I do agree with Marvin. Jordan Roberts, how he's not getting in that Hearts team is totally unbelievable. Because since he's come into us, I know he was obviously lacking uh, match fitness, that's why he was kept back and just brought on gradually. But the last two games, he's been outstanding for us. Never stopped running. And so is your goalkeeper. Goal. <laughs> your goalkeeper's been excellent. Oh, outstanding, Barry. That's why I was thinking, for him to get into the Scotland squad, I, I just think he pulls off an outstanding save, and I will say the word outstanding, every single game. Mm-hmm. Every game he, he pulls off a save And you just think Where'd that come from? One against Hibs Where I think it was Christian Dodge Was right in Was it him or McNulty? Was it right in And he's, he's got it He's inside the six yard box He's two yards away from him He's saved it I know it's obviously saved off his arm Livingston Saturday he's diving down To the right hand side post He's outstanding And I think he should definitely Get a chance in the Scotland squad Great Good call Thanks very much Hugh And thanks for what you said Thanks. earlier Let's go on to A Rangers fan now It's Jake is on the line Jake good evening Hi guys How you doing? Good thanks How are you? How's the celebration been? Oh, Glasgow Rangers champions again <laughs> I, I, what, I'm what, buzzing I'm off the walls man <laughs> What did you do on Sunday? That you can tell us about? Uh, I don't know if I can tell you. No, you stayed <laughs> okay. in. Remember, say you stayed in. <laughs> but you're staying in the twenty first, won't you? That's the message for the politicians. Yep. For uh, oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, there's a weekend that, that was enjoyed. Jake, so what are you thinking? What do you want to say to Marv? What do you want to say to Barry? I just wanted to hear you guys. Op- <laughs> I just want to hear you guys' opinions on that uh, <laughs> statement that Celtic put out last night um, on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen. Did you see it? Uh, this is about the uh, what's it to do with us statement is that right aye the old Tom yeah. thing like, yeah. I just I just, I, I, obviously I'm a Rangers fan so yeah. I'm happy to know but I just thought if I was a Celtic fan I would be so embarrassed at that and I, I want to hear what obviously Barry as an ex-Rangers player thinks as well like that. I'd be so embarrassed if, that, if I was a Celtic fan it's social media again but I think this was to do with uh, the Rangers had a statement uh, 
rebuffing, refuting what the Scottish government said about how they had acted at the weekend. And they said, look, we did try and give leadership or whatever. But they did mention about the uh, protests in the Celtic car park and they said about the uh, the other half. And I think Celtic came out and said, well, there is no other half because of that view that, well... What happened at Rangers? It's there isn't an old firm anymore. Media. Exactly. Go, I, know. I keep saying about social. Over to you, yeah. Barry Ferguson. I, I don't yeah. think there's yeah. any need to come out and, and say anything. I'm, I'm being honest with you. Just let uh, Rangers obviously come out. Douglas Park made a statement, and if you don't agree with it, you don't need to come on social media uh, and and let the full country know what what you think. Um, so I know where Jake's coming from. I had a few of my mates ask me the same thing. I, I really don't take interest mm-hmm. in it. I've yeah. been honest with you. Um, what's happened over the weekend has been unbelievable for, for Rangers as a club um, look, a bit disappointing in terms of what happened outside it in terms of the fans but again I can also understand the frustration we've been living in lockdown for a year now I know we, we came out um, after the first lockdown for a few months now we're back in lockdown so there's a lot of frustration and an unrest amongst people and they, they obviously just wanted to go and support their team was it the right thing to do Probably wasn't, but also I can understand. And it was similar to Celtic when they had the protests. Should they have stayed in their own house instead of going and protesting against Neil Lennon and the players? They shouldn't have done it either. But again, as I says, I can understand the frustration. I think football needs to come together. I think that was ill-advised that Rangers mentioning, they were trying to mention Celtic in it. Why do that? There's enough criticism of Scottish football just now, Marvin. Don't get a lot of help from anyone government-wise or whatever. Um, I, I think they should stick together and there'll always be these things going on but what's happening in the park yeah and that's the most important thing isn't it yeah definitely um, you know I think we, we should definitely be sticking together as you said especially during these uh, difficult times and as Barry said sometimes you know just just say nothing yeah. you know sometimes it's just best to just say nothing but you know what social media is like you know you want people to be writing underneath it and saying oh you know well done for for, for writing that out but I wonder who, who at Celtic actually gave the go ahead to write something like that on, mm. on social media anyway because you know, it's not normally somebody who's no disrespect to them, who's high up within the club that has you know access to the social media stuff. So, you know, I, I would have just said nothing, but as I said, you know, everyone's different. Um, but yeah, we should be sticking together one hundred percent. And and as as clubs just do our talking on the pitch, rise above it. Jake, yeah. what about Rangers? Uh, do you think you'll go all season unbeaten? Um, see, to be honest, I don't actually, I don't actually think too much about it. Obviously, I would love to because I believe we can still. Um, match uh, Celtic 16-17 point tally I believe so I, I don't really think too much of it I would rather get a run in Europe to be honest sure. I'd rather go potentially quarters potentially even semi-finals of Europe rather than undefeated because I think that would not not only help Rangers financially um, also put Rangers on the map they'd maybe put them a higher level up as well and it would also help Scottish football it, Scottish football doesn't really get helped if Rangers go undefeated but they do. Scottish football will definitely get help if Rangers were to reach the quarters or potentially the semi-finals of Europa League. So I don't really think too much of it, but obviously I would love it to happen because it would just be another, be another icing on the cake. You know what I mean? But that's a great point that Jake makes about the coefficient and about uh, Rangers' reputation. It will certainly help the coefficient if they get through into the the quarterfinals. Yeah. And I think they've got every every possibility. As I said, when the draw get made, there was probably a couple of teams that you would think to yourself, right, do you know what? I would take them. Um, Slavia Prague, obviously, Mould and Norway. Yep. And no disrespect, you're a good team if you get to the, the last 16. Um, there's no... No easy games, um, but Rangers have got a real opportunity now. It'll be a tough one over there. I think if they come away with a draw, they'll be absolutely delighted. 
get Slavia Prague back to, to Ibrox and you see the form that Rangers have been in at home especially in Europe and domestically has been excellent Stephen Gerrard's Rangers have, have been phenomenal last season and this season in Europe Marv yeah absolutely brilliant um, and as you said they're flying a the flag now for, for the country so you know, I don't support Rangers or Celtic. I support Hibs, so I'll be, I'll be, you know, supporting them in Europe 100%. Um, and I would love them to go through this next round because obviously, you know, Leicester were knocked out by this side. Um, so it'd stop a lot of people saying it's a, it's a farmers league up here and the, and the standards poor and whatever else. So, you know, I want to see Rangers go through, and then I might go on social media and start trolling a few of my <laughs> mates who have been telling, oh yeah, Scottish football, this, that, and the other. So, you know, I want Rangers to do it for for that reason. What's a farmers league? What's wrong with the farmers? <laughs> eh? <laughs> Barry is a good Lanarkshire boy. A lot of good farmers, but yeah. Yeah, there's not enough credit to Scottish football. Jake, thanks for the call. We're back in a moment. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Rangers in action. In fact, this time tomorrow night, the teams will be coming out and we'll be on air tomorrow evening here on the Go Radio Football Show. Rob will be in the studio with your old colleague, Craig Moore, who joined us on Monday night briefly, and James McFadden, who scored maybe, is that your all-time favourite Scotland goal? Apart from... Some of your own, Barry. Yeah, yeah. I actually screamed at Faddy um, when he was about to hit the shot to pass it. Yeah. And um, Did you? Yeah. yeah, I was. And yeah. I think three or four of were actually shouting the same thing. And he's he's whacked it from thirty-five yards. Um, and what a goal! What a day that was. To be honest with you, nobody nobody fancied us. Everybody written, had written us off. We were up against a top-class French team, but to go to France and win one 0 and what a day but what I will say is I must have touched the ball about 10 times and 9 or 8 times it was with my head (laughs) (laughs) they they had about 85% possession of the ball but do you know what Uh, that's what that Scotland team was all about we knew um, we had to go and make it difficult and sit in and and be compact and and we did it that night and we rode our luck a bit at times but what a fantastic night it was for um, not just us as players but the Scotland fans. Special moments, that's what football's about Marvin. What would you remember as one of the great moments uh, when you're watching football? Oh, watching football? Yeah, um, yeah. Probably, you know, my, my parents are from Jamaica so seeing them at the 98 World Cup um, <sighs> for me was, was brilliant. Um, you know, just seeing players... You know, from obviously, you know, the country that my parents were born yeah. in, you know, going out there and playing. Not fancied by anyone, but everyone supported them. When I got to the World Cup, I think everyone was supporting Jamaica unless they were playing against your country. So, yeah, that'll be the, the memory that sticks with me. I was lucky enough to be there and it was a phenomenal World they Cup. They loved the dance and the party. Oh, there. it was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just couldn't score enough goals. <laughs> Almost as good as the Brazilians, because as you know, we were, we were with them in... Um, um, I was going to say Brazil, the Brazilians in Italy in 1990, phenomenal. And also in 82 in Spain as well. But the it, the atmosphere beforehand, the way the fans all come together and the men it's and like the women. A, they, they create, it's, like the Jamaicans uh, and, yeah. and as you say, really? the Brazilians, yeah. it's like a carnival atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I wouldn't mind being in some of their parties. <laughs> <laughs> some of the uh, headlines in the last few days, of course, Derek McInnes departed, your, your old colleague, he left uh, Aberdeen. We're going to speak about that in a second or two. Who's going to be the new manager at Celtic? What is happening there? Who is going to be in charge? John uh, Kennedy still in charge at the moment, um, but who's going to be in charge for next season? Celtic fans, give us a call 0808 17 17 700. On the line now is an Aberdeen fan. It's uh, Kobe. Kobe, good evening. Uh, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm what good, I'm just, uh, I'm still getting over McInnes going. I'm, I don't know what to think of it still. like. But. Uh, so what do you feel? Because uh, we were surprised at the timing. We know it had been spoken about for a while, but it looked as though he was steadying the ship. But we know, what one goal this year, 
Um, but mm. what a record he said. And I listened last night on the programme and I'll tell you what I thought at the end of it. Be careful what you wish for. When you remember, I heard Rob and the guy saying last night about the moments, you know, John Hartson was saying it, so was Stephen Craig. And Aberdeen have had really tough times before... Uh, Derek McInnes arrived Well Paul just what you're saying I think before Derek McInnes actually arrived Aberdeen were fight, fighting relegation, relegation. Yep. Um, a, a number of seasons and, and for me I'm not just saying it because he's an ex-colleague and an ex-teammate I, I thought he'd done a fantastic job mm. up there um, really surprised that he left um, just now I thought maybe they'd have gave him at the end of the season to see how it would have panned out could they have caught Hibs he's still in the Scottish Cup as well um, so I'm with you I think he's going to be a a tough guy to follow. I don't know who they're going to get Aberdeen. And um, any me, any word? Yeah, I, I don't know. But you hear Kobe. I think he's just as, as surprised. Mm-hmm. I know there was a few Aberdeen fans wanting him out the door, but every single year he needs to rebuild that team. Mm-hmm. He always loses his best players because um, he knows they're a selling club. Yep. Um, so I think um, Derek done a, a great job up there, and I think Aberdeen will miss him. Marvin. Yeah, I mean, I probably, I probably agree with that. I mean, there's a few names going about, uh, Barry. I think I think your name's actually going about as well. I think you're like 25 to 1 for the job, so I don't know if I should stick a few quid on that, maybe. Well, I don't know if two Fergusons can bop at Aberdeen at once. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how long uh, Lewis is there, you know, talented young oh. player. Is that right, Barry's oh, well, at 25 well. to 1, the, the Kelty Hearts? Who's the favourite? Is it Stephen um, Glass? I read today Stephen Glass. Yeah, yeah. yeah Stephen Glass is the favourite, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, not too, I'm, not, I'm not too sure what I think of that. Um, I think... I don't know too much on him. I know he's managing Atlanta United. I think they're a second team. That's right. Um, yep. But obviously the links were going to be inevitable. Obviously he used to play for us mm-hmm. and Atlanta, the Atlanta United link. So I'm not, I'd rather someone else to be honest. Um, he's not had much experience. And I think that would probably be a lazy appointment. Um, Marvin, going from being reserve manager in Atlanta United to Aberdeen manager, what do you think? Well, if he feels he's ready for the opportunity, you know, people always say about this word experience, experience. You know, if you get an experienced manager who's won things and has been at the top of leagues and winning cups and anything else, then perfect. But if you've got an experienced manager that's used to finishing mid-table and, you know, saying he should get the job over somebody else just because he's had managerial appointments before, I'm not one for that. I don't really buy that. Um, but obviously, you know, the, the the hierarchy at the club will be making a decision and if they speak to him and they feel like he's the man to take them forward, then uh, perfect. But just, just to go back to Derek, you know, I spoke to some of the boys when, when he left because I was surprised and they had no idea. You know, obviously they had been in training and they said everything was... was, was as normal and then you know they've read in the in, in the press as well that he's left but I've spoken to boys who played and boys who were out the squad or on the bench and they all you know spoke so highly of him and I think that's that's kind of you know the, the kind of guy he was he got on with absolutely everybody um, because normally when managers leave you get one or two that are happy especially the ones that aren't playing but when the boys who aren't playing speak highly of somebody I think that kind of shows the ilk of of that person um, and you know as I said all the boys I've spoken to about it spoke so highly of him but I kind of do understand, I know what Barry's saying, but I kind of understand why Aberdeen are looking for a change because I think it's just a style of football now. You know, I think, you know, when you are getting third place and constantly doing it, now it looks like Hibs could beat them to that. And I just don't think that the fans have been happy, or majority of the fans have been happy with the style of football, even when they were winning games. Um, so, you know, probably it's just probably a change for the best. So they trained on Monday, he was there. Tony Doherty was there. It looked as though they were going to see out the season. It did happen very suddenly. What about uh, Enzo Maresca, who's been mentioned, the Man City Academy leader? He's been mentioned with Celtic, Kobe, but also Aberdeen. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've been looking into him a bit. I think he said he wants to um, make history of the Man City second team because he's top of the 
Premier League 2 and I think that'll be the first time they've won it so I think that would be one for the summer but I don't know we know how you know we know the the history with foreign managers and I don't know what it is Mm -hmm. but uh, he he looks a good manager obviously he's working with Pep so he must be must be Goonies raid highly but I don't know I can't see us getting him um, to be honest with you but you never know I guess I mean I was surprised we got rid of McInnes um, and not uh, well, after we backed him not long ago, actually, and uh, I thought he'd have got a bit longer, maybe ten the season to see it out, and then he'd have went there on his own terms. But yeah, Enzo Moresca, mm-hmm. um, he's been—I think he's like one of his top ten favourites. Anyway, I know that. Who would you put your money on if you were, if you had to put the house on it? Who would you think is going oh, to be the, the Don's manager? I honestly, oh, that's, that's a good question. At this point, I honestly, don't know. I would like Jim Goodwin, but he's signed a contract. I just think. Stephen Glass is probably inevitable as some role. Okay. I don't know, to be honest with you. Yeah, Jim Goodwin's See, been mentioned. In, in terms of Aberdeen as a team, you, you look at the, the squad at the, the start of the season, they, they lost McKenna to Nottingham Forest, centre-half, he was a big player for them, and then come the transfer window, Scott Wright goes to Rangers, Cosgrove down to Birmingham, you lose Hedges, who for me was probably Aberdeen's best player this season, so... He suffered, he suffered a wee bit, Derek, but listen, he knows himself. He would have had standards and and he knew that it's probably the one of the poorest seasons he's had. Um, but they were still in fourth. They still have a chance of catching Hibs. And look, it maybe have ended at the end of the season, but I just thought they maybe have, have went with him until um, they seen how it went in terms of could they catch Hibs. Still in the Scottish Cup, as I'd mentioned. So that's the reason why it kind of surprised me at this stage and it didn't maybe do it at the end of the season. A couple of people saying on the socials that go, any chance he would go to Celtic? Derek McInnes, manager of Celtic. He, he knocked um, back Rangers twice. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Marv, Barry, Colby, no takers. No, I can't see yeah. that. Not going to happen, no. no. Some people there. Okay, Colby, thanks very much for calling. Cheers. No bother. Cheers for all Cheers. Where, where, where did that yeah. come from? <laughs> it, it's come up in the socials. Oh, right. yeah. And I saw one last night saying, what about Derek McInnes? Would he go? I mean, you think about it. You know, he's uh, twice he was offered the job at Rangers. And Sunderland job. Yeah, in Sunderland. So, I mean, I think if you're working, you know, for Derek, you think about it, well, well, why not? Uh, nobody knows what's going to happen at Celtic. I think Derek would go there, but I don't think Celtic yeah. would be looking no. to appoint him. Sure. Um, and I saw someone else saying, Marvin, what about uh, Neil Lennon for Celtic? That came up last night on Celtic the programme. So I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> for, for Aberdeen. Yeah. I'd say the, the, the phone-ins were going crazy then. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that one out of the podcast. So for Aberdeen. Uh, no. I, I can't. I can't see. You know, I've, I've, yeah. I've heard that he wants to go to um, try something abroad. So yeah, I, I can't see him doing that. He'd want to get out the goldfish pole of Scottish football, wouldn't you? You know, if you're Neil Lennon. Yeah, after the yeah. season that, that Lenny's had sure. the, the yeah. criticism, um, I can see why. What Marv just says there, maybe he wants to just get out of the country and and try and have a life. What about Sean Dyche then, the manager at Burnley? You know him well, Marv. What would you say about him? What do you think? Could he be the manager at Celtic? I think definitely. I think when you look at what he's done with Burnley, you know he's he's been absolutely unbelievable. Um, it's, it's funny. I was speaking about Sean Dyche yesterday to somebody, and I just don't think he gets the respect he deserves. Probably because of the style of play that Burnley play, but he does what he needs to do to keep them in the Premier League. You know, um, and I think the only reason he hasn't been linked with another job because he 
because of the style. You know, if they pay from the back and all these other sorts of things, you know, Sean Dyche should have been linked with jobs left, right, and centre. Um, but yeah, he would be he would be someone I'm sure that you know Celtic would want to speak to. Would he want to come up and do the job? I, I think so. Um, you know, I think things are coming towards the end for him at Burnley because obviously the takeover and everything else. Um, but it's whether he can play the style of football that they want them to play. And I spoke about the Celtic job before. I think it's it's so vital this appointment. You know, they get somebody who plays the style of football they want them to play. They don't just bring in a manager who decides on a philosophy and everything else. I think you need to start at the top first and then work your way down. But yeah, Sean Dyche would be a great appointment. Barry, I'm going to ask you, but can you believe that's the first hour already? News is coming up and then we're back. We'll hear what Barry thinks. Will it be Sean Dyche for Celtic? We're back in a moment. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. We want to add to what we've already achieved. We, we've got internal targets. We, we know how we want the rest of the season to look. We've got two incredible fixtures on the horizon in terms of the Europa League. We, we want to go further than we did last year. We want to try and build on what we've already achieved in Europe this season, which has been fantastic. And then obviously, we, we've got a, a huge whole firm game to look forward to. And then the, the Scottish Cup begins in the split game. So there's so many exciting games and challenges internally that we want to go and try and achieve. Rangers clinched it at the weekend. Celtic drew at Dundee United, but 20 points be between them. Marvin, you would never have imagined that. You've played against both and I know you'd want to say about Rangers. Uh, and let's take Conor Goldson, for example. We spoke about him on Monday night. I don't think he's missed a minute's football this season. He's been fantastic. You know, a real rock at the back and, you know, to go and win any league title, you know, you need a strong defence and, you know, he's been absolutely brilliant for them. Um, you know, I think when he first came up, um, Barry, was, we were saying off, like, he maybe had a little bit of a mistake in him and he looked a bit nervous, but he's going to a huge club. You know, Rangers is a massive club. I know he played down in England, but he's coming up to Rangers. So, you know, I think this season he's been absolutely brilliant um, and, you know, I think the fans would be absolutely delighted with his performances and hopefully he can continue that. Barry? Yeah, he's up there with one of the players of the season at, at Rangers. Um, just what Marv says there. Uh, last last season, he made a few mistakes and a few big mistakes. Um, but he's obviously on away over the summer. He's worked really hard on the training ground, and he's been he's been absolute immense at the back. I think the key to Rangers obviously is is conceding hardly any goals. Paul McGregor's been a mainstay. You've had Tavernier. I know he's been out the last couple of weeks. Then you've got Ghost and Barisic. The only real change has been the left side centre half. It's either been Balogun or Holanda. Mm. So that back lot have have been excellent. But going forward, they're always a threat as well. Um, so overall, there's I mean there's three or four players that, that I could mention who have been standouts for Rangers. But Connor Ghost is certainly one. What about Morelos? It's been a very different season for him, but he's really back on form, playing differently, not scoring as many goals, Marvin. How good is he and how tough is he to play against? This season, I think he's been a massive team player. Um, you know, I think he was more of an individual last season, um, but I think he's been brilliant for the whole team this year. And I know at times when he wasn't scoring goals, you know, people were saying he's not scoring enough, but what he was doing for the actual team and allowing them to attack in the way they were attacking, he was almost saying, well, you know, I'll almost sacrifice the amount of goals that I have scored in previous seasons to make us a better 
better team. And that's so important. You know, what he does for, for Rangers and when he's not playing, you know, he's a huge miss for them. Um, but I've been I've been so impressed because he's shown a different side of his game. Now, you know, not only is he like a goal scorer, and I didn't ever think his finishing was, you know, with the elite, but his all-round game has improved so, so much this season. His hold-up play, his awareness of where he should be, you know, everything about him, I think he's just getting better and better. And, you know, he's a young player and he's somebody Rangers will want to keep hold of. But I think they'll be suitors all, all around the world now looking at him thinking this guy has it all you know can we get him out of Rangers how much would it take to move him out of Rangers what do you think 15 well, too much for Livingston I'll yeah. <laughs> tell you that yeah, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think you know you're looking at, at 20 million pounds that's what I personally think you know I think with the potential he has you're buying into his potential you know as I said he's not a complete player at this moment in time you know there's going to be more to get out of him and I think you're buying into his potential you know if he goes to to another club um, and does really well then you're going to make a profit on him mm. Barry? Yeah, he's been yep. top. Certainly, yep. the last couple of weeks, he's been top class. Um, since he's sending off against Hibs, um, I think it was a, a a bit of a wake up call. I think the managers had a chat with him, and he's come back, and he he's been excellent. And, and I believe he's only going to get better. Um, I think you you've seen a difference in the, his attitude over the last couple of weeks. He scored big goals. I mean, I'll go back to the game last week against Marv's team, Livingston. He could have had two or three goals. And what I like about him now, he doesn't allow himself to get frustrated. Um, so he missed a few chances in that and he got the vital goal three minutes to go um, so that's a difference in him as well and I hope Rangers can keep him um, I, I'm sure the manager will be desperate to keep him um, and as I said I, I like that he plays on the edge I think if you take that away from him he's not the same player um, but for me I think he's only going to get better I've always I've always been a big big fan of him um, there's been a bit of criticism in terms of his disciplinary problems and we all know that yeah. but he's a risk and he's a risk worth taking for me what's this the smile he's been smiling well, isn't he? Yeah. and he's done a couple of interviews as well yeah. which is um, which is, yeah. is not like him so we've seen him smiling and he's obviously enjoying his football mm. which is important Marv will tell you when you're happy on the pitch or off the pitch you produce big performances and that's what he's done over the last few weeks and, and listen since he's been at Rangers Rangers relied a lot on his goals the previous two seasons when Steven Gerrard was here this year he's not scored as many but I think his overall general play has improved Morellas Edward two great strikers is it do you prefer or dread you wouldn't dread playing <laughs> at anybody Martin yeah. of course not but uh, yeah can you compare the two what would you say yeah they're two great great strikers for me Edward's just just a little bit uh, ahead of him still um, that's what that's my personal opinion obviously football's game based on opinions but it's funny what Barry says about Morales being happy and smiling on the pitch mm. you know he went down the other day which actually was a penalty when I look back at it but I said to him you dived you dived and normally he would you know react angrily and kind of get up in your face he just laughed mm. he said no my friend I didn't dive and he just carried on <laughs> on his he? way yeah, yeah. It, was, it was brilliant honestly and I, oh. I actually chuckled to myself because I thought do you know what like a year ago you'd have been going absolutely crazy at yeah. me and now he's probably thinking do you know what I'm going to punish you like later on in the game anyway so I'll just laugh at you now See, Bartley that's <laughs> maybe a sign of maturity. Yeah. He's, he's learned his lesson he, uh, for me he's let his team down a couple of times this season one against United and one against Hibs um, but listen he's come back and I think it was the the Royal Antwerp game <laughs> where the guy pulled up his hamstring he stopped yep. play and obviously with the, the Livingston penalty uh, it was a definite penalty but as you're saying Marv's just trying to get a reaction off him yep. the old Morelos would have probably went up and and wanted to start fighting with, yeah. with Marv so that's a sign of, of maturity for me and and as I said I think over the last few weeks he, he's went up a level mm. and as you said Paul he, he's playing with a smile and, and when you're happy on the pitch you, you produce as I said big performances and that's what he's done 
great to get the insight as well what happened you missed that Barry you know just been on the pitch and hearing I love that Marvin you, so he actually said that to you yeah, yeah, you just yeah, yeah. and then yeah. went and scored later on Brilliant. didn't he <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe he knew that was, was going to happen yeah. alright it's Marvin Bartley it's Barry Ferguson Paul Cooney in the Go Radio Football Show we're going on the lines now Natasha is on the line a Celtic fan from a Celtic state of mind Natasha good evening Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, I think we're good. Barry is, uh, it's not quite the Chris Boyd smile, but... Uh, you, you, no, it's not. No, no, just, no, no Natasha, I'm, I'm, I'm don't joking. listen to Paul. I'm, don't listen to I'm, him. I'm joking. No, but he's been uh, but naturally in good form. Rangers uh, uh, champions. Marvin, you're back from the cup final. You're back, you're ready for this weekend, aren't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah. yeah, bouncing through. And Natasha, what about you? It's going to help line here just now. Natasha, are you all right uh, as a Celtic fan? What is happening? Who's going to be the manager? I mean, that's a very good question. Um, obviously, you know, this weekend has been really disappointing, but it was a formality, wasn't it? We yeah. all knew that um, the league was going this way this season. So I think, you know, this weekend just signed it off more than anything else mathematically. Um, and our performance in the, the game at the weekend was sort of symptomatic for a whole season. We just didn't offer enough to win the game and we've not offered enough to win the season. Um, so that was really just the formality of that being finished and we have to look ahead and we have to look ahead at the rebuild in the summer and we have to look ahead at who the next manager is going to be um you know i've got my preferences i hope the club match the ambitions of the fans mm -hmm. um, and show some real intent for to you know go back and reclaim that league title next season and um, but that remains to be seen N natasha can i just ask you a question are you a bit concerned mm -hmm. that they've not um appointed I know there's been talk of a director of football or a sporting director. Are you a bit mm. disappointed that that's not been done already and, and a manager in place? Or are you fine with leaving it until the summer? I mean, for me, the sooner the better was really the sort of attitude that I was adopting that I was talking about on my own show. You know, I've been saying this since, you know, the start of January. The sooner we can get someone in, the better, you know. There was no point writing off the rest of the season by, you know, leaving an interim manager in place or leaving Neil Lennon in place for any longer than than we did. You know, the sooner we get someone in, the sooner they can assess the squad, decide what they need, decide what they don't need, um, impose their own philosophy. And, you know, so we don't hit the uh, summer transfer window or even the start of next season underprepared. Give them this time to settle into a new squad um, so we really do hit the ground running. Now, in saying that, I can understand if the clubs do end up waiting to the summer, but only if that's because we're waiting on the right person. Perhaps there's someone or some more than one person that we've identified that's only going to be available in the summer. But I think from the fans' point of view, we'd quite like to know that. I understand the difficulties around that, but we want to see some signs of things happening. Um, and I think the club probably do need to communicate that sooner rather than later, particularly with the, the season ticket renewals on the horizon. Natasha, do you think John Kennedy's got a, a great chance of getting the job? Or do you think he's just going to be there to the end of the season and then they'll bring in somebody else? I, if I'm honest, no. I don't think Kennedy is or really should be in the running for it. Um, I mean, let's not forget that, you know, I do like John Kennedy, but he's not blameless for this season. You know, while the buck ultimately stopped with the manager and Lennon lost his job for it, rightly so, you know, Kennedy and Strachan aren't blameless here. You know, they're also on the training pitch every day. They're at the side of the pitch every week. And while I get that you're more restricted as a number two, if Kennedy had the required skills and ability to be your next manager, well, he's, he's certainly hidden it well this season. Um, and in the last couple of games... I've seen very little by way of sign that he should be the right man for the job next season. 
So who is the man for you? It's a good question. Um, mm. For me, I'd like to see the club be a bit progressive. I'd like to see us try, you know, some sort of director of football and head coach mm-hmm. set up, whether that be, you know, someone like Harkin and Mareska or whether, you know, we aim high and go for someone like Maloney and Martinez. Um, I think it's going to be important regardless to have someone with experience, ability to merge a new squad of players together as well as, you know, developing our own. And I think that's something like someone like Maresca could be key in that. You know, the way the market is going as a result of COVID and Brexit mm-hmm. means there's going to be increasing importance in developing your own players. So someone, you know, with the skill in this area like Maresca should be one for the job. And I'd like to see the club go in that direction. It's a great point, and they could benefit from that association yeah, do, with Man City. Yeah, but I, I totally get that in terms of um, blood in the younger boys, but that's going to need patience from the fans. Yeah. And mm. you know what Celtic fans are like, they, they'll want to come out fighting and, and try and regain the, the league title. So there's a bit of balance, there's, there, there's a bit of balance in that you'll need to do um, in terms of if they want to go down that route. Are, are they going to be given time? Is the fans going to give them that time? I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on that, Natasha? Would you be happy to give a manager time and and maybe you need to wait two or three years to to regain the title? We need a combination, really. Um, we need an instant reaction this summer with an eye on rebuilding you know, a larger squad by using the youth system. And one thing that I've, you know, the one person that I've sort of referred to in this before is when Rangers, you know, signed Dick Advocate after Celtic stopped Rangers 10 in a row. They went out and got Dick Advocate, the manager who was absolutely right for them at the time in terms of, you know, stature, ability, experience, and they won it straight back, you know, and then went on to win, like, you know, a double and a treble on on the bounce. And Celtic fans want that instant reaction. Um, and I think that is going to be difficult, but it's important that the club do achieve it. Um, but it would be, you know, it'd be futile not to realise that it's a different marketplace and it's a different world right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe now is the time to look at rebuilding in the future. Whether they get the time for that, I think they need to strike the right balance. Um, we need an instant reaction this summer, mm-hmm. um, but you, we also need to you, look uh, at someone who's going to help over the future. You know how impatient fans are sure. they demand yep. success mm-hmm. Natasha I, I know what it's mm-hmm. like at Rangers and it's the exact same at Celtic mm-hmm. they demand you to win trophies so mm-hmm. as the fans willing to, to give them that time what Natasha says about a full rebuild we'll know it is going to be a full mm-hmm. rebuild we spoke about it in, mm-hmm. in Monday night Paul the amount of players um, that are loan that will go back mm-hmm. um, players that want to leave mm-hmm. i.e. Edward and Ayer they're mm-hmm. going into the final 12 months of their contract Celtic need to now make a decision um, it's clearly that they're not going to sign extensions so Celtic need to cash in so it's a big rebuild at Celtic and it was always going to be a summer of change anyway I think mm-hmm. you know even if they'd won the 10 there would have been change mm-hmm. so there's Howe and Webb have been mentioned a few times as you know uh, David Webb and uh, Eddie Howe uh, Harkin you mentioned there and Maresca that we broke yesterday with Robert Snodgrass Snoddy was brilliant last night on the show talking about that possibility and the one you mentioned as well Maloney and Martinez but Marvin, it'd be great ambition if Celtic can take the manager of uh, Belgium, <laughs> arguably the best team side in the world. Yeah. But he, want, he wants uh, club football. Could we bring him to Glasgow, to Scottish football? I think it'd be difficult, you know, with the Euros coming up and then the World Cup coming up so soon after. I think, you know, when you say when you're managing one of yeah. the best teams in the world, you want to really go and attack those two competitions and then maybe look at, you know, club football after that. 
you know, just touching on the, the the point about young players coming through. Young players have to be good enough to come and play. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw, and it's no disrespect to the young Celtic players, where you know when they had players missing through COVID, a lot of the young boys came in, and not a lot of them made you know an imprint to make you know what they can play next season. You know, no disrespect to us as Livingston, we went to to Parkhead and and played against them. And they didn't really do anything against us, you know. So to play for Celtic and Rangers, you have to be the elite. You have to be, you know, the top of the top. And I don't think the young players at this moment in time are good enough to rely on and say, do you know what? Let's develop a team around them, unless you're going to be happy finishing third or fourth in in the league. And and Celtic fans aren't going to be happy with that. So I'm all for young players coming through, but they have to be good enough. Um, I just don't feel that they have, you know, a crop of young players now, you know, Coutinho or Forrest or McGregor, those sorts of players coming through at this moment in time. They've got big decisions to make sure. Whether they want instant success or not And if you're asking me my opinion I think the Celtic fans will demand instant uh, success They'll want a response next season And as I said to you Paul mm. on Monday They'll be wounded Celtic will be wounded And I think they're gonna, uh, they'll go and they'll, they'll try and get a right man I think they'll back the manager as well And as I said to you about Rangers Rangers have got to have that mindset That they're going to come back strong so it's. I'm looking forward already. I know the season's not finished, but it's going to be. It's going <laughs> well, to be some season. Celtic should year. demand it, though, shouldn't they? They're yep. Celtic football club. You should demand it. That's that's part and parcel yeah. of paying for a big club like that. Yep. You demand and support and Celtic. You demand instant success. You know how you go about it is up to the manager and the club. But you know, there's no time to say let's give it two or three years and you know sit on the edge of things and watch Rangers win. You know, competition after competition. No, next season you have to hit the ground running. You know, and that's just the pressure you're going to have playing for a big club like that. If you can't deal with that, then you know, you kind of get out of the kitchen. And Natasha, how did you feel on Sunday when David Turnbull, okay, it might not have been his best game, but he's probably been the best player uh, this season for Celtic and he's taken off. And then Griffiths, what's happening? Nobody said anything about it. He sits on the bench until the 81st minute. Yeah, frustrating. And that's, you know, I think that sort of cements why, you know, Kennedy's decision-making there doesn't suggest to me that he is the right man for the job going mm. forward. You know, you touch on all of these instances why Turnbull came off in the 62nd minute I, yeah. I don't know um, it showed a lack of patience for me you know while we weren't being clinical enough we were creating chances removing him and replacing him with Rogic for some reason just disrupted their flow disrupted their shape um, and then you look at why we brought on James Forrest you know it was excellent to see Forrest come back from such a yeah. a long layoff but you know we were we were really pushing to try and win the game with what was at stake it wasn't the right time to bring on a player coming back from injury. He did look slightly off the pace, but, you know, that's understandable. He's been off for a while. This was no 3-0 game that we could sort of bed him gently back into. Um, and then, you know, Griffiths getting five minutes at the end, you know, that's not enough to to really, you know, make a change to the game. Um, we were creating enough chances. Had he been on earlier, maybe he would have taken one. But five minutes really isn't enough to, to influence the game there. So the substitutions really didn't help us on Sunday. Um and again, you have to look at Kennedy and stacking for that. So, Natasha, you, you talk such great sense. Uh, you've got your own podcast, Celtic State of Mind. Mm. So, of the of the combinations you mentioned in the ne- in the last mm. the next minute, who would you go for? Who would it be then? If Dermot Desmond and they get the word, because people listen, what would you say to him? Because surely the owner or the majority shareholder is going to have to uh, be decisive in the way that he was with a Brendan Rodgers signing, in the way they were when they got Martin O'Neill. Who would you choose? Well, if we want to get back to the football we're playing under Rodgers and O'Neill and we want to you know, start achieving success again domestically in Europe, then we've got to find a manager of that level. Um, so I, th- I have to agree, I think Martinez is probably a bit out of our reach. Um, but ask the question, 
Ask the question. You know, off, right. Ask the question. And okay. feeling that, let's let's look at Maresta, let's look at Harkin coming in. Great call. Natasha, thanks very much for calling. Go radio. Thanks. Speak to you soon. Stay, stay safe. Cheers. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Thanks to Rochelle for the traffic and travel. Barry, I see you're in the sun online already. They are uh, saying that well done with calling out the trolls and uh, the vile abuse on Twitter uh, against uh, Shane Duffy's family. His mum has called it out and it's online already there. So uh, they're listening and I hope people just cut it out as what you were saying at the start of the programme. Go Radio Football Show. It's Barry Ferguson, Marvin Bartley, Paul Cooney and more of your calls coming in. Last night in the Championship, Morton, a good win for them at Inverness, 1-0 and Wraith Rovers and Air United, 0-0. Good win for the ton. It was a great win. Neil McCann will be... Slightly concerned. Um, I know he, t- he took um, over Inverness under difficult circumstances with John Robertson um, having to take a bit of time out of, of football. Um, I actually watched his first game against Hearts up there and they get a good point. Um, so and they got another point I think last week against Allo. So that will be a distant, uh, a disappointing um, loss for for Neil McCann. But you'll need to pick them up quickly because they're what you don't want is you don't want to get dragged into that relegation battle. Because um, there's a few teams down there and a few big teams in the in the championship down there, so it's going to be it's going to go right to the wire that one at the bottom of the championship. It's a tough league to get out of, Marvin, and thankfully it's not one you'll need to worry about this year because you're top six and you just want to stay there. This weekend you're playing Aki's at your grounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the most important thing is you know not that it will go any way of uh, papering over the cup final, but what it will do is being that we're top six for the second season in a row, uh, which would be a great, great achievement for a, for a club of our size with the budget we have and everything else. So, yeah, you know, all we need is a point now um, and we're in the top six. And again, it will be a fantastic achievement and one everyone around the club and, and the boys will be proud of uh, for sure. The other see, one, Marv, yeah. I was going to ask you, see your mindset now. You need a point. You're just going out and going to go for Hamilton. Is that yeah, your mindset? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Um, just, just go and win the game. You know, we want, want three points. Uh, want the win bonus. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be going for them definitely. It's been too many weeks, hasn't it? After that run, was it 13 games? 14 games, 14. yeah. 14 games and, and then kind of went the other way. But, you know, I always spoke during the run that it's such a tight league in terms of, of quality. Um, so, you know, yes, we went 14 games unbeaten, but, you know, sometimes you, you lose against teams that are on a similar setting mm. to yourself and it's just been unfortunate recently. Yeah, I, I watched your interview uh, just before the cup final and they said... Um, it was, I think it was two losses and, and a draw in your lap. No, well, I'm looking at it in 17 games, it's only been two two yeah. losses. And, and that's yep. that's the right way to think about it. The too many people get carried away. The run they were on was, was brilliant. Look, they've had a wee blip. Um, but listen, football is um, all about just getting your, yourself back in track. And what an opportunity they've got for Livingston to be in the top six two years in a row is a great achievement. As Marv just mentioned there, they're not the biggest club, small budget. Um, they need to sometimes go and get players that um, have not played at the, the top level so good season only disappointing and only blip yeah. on it is getting beaten in the cup final but to get in the top six two years in a row is brilliant Ryan is on the line he is a Celtic fan in Mary Hill Ryan good evening good evening guys how you doing yeah we're good thanks how are you ah, not too bad not too bad um, I was just wanting to put it to the guys obviously Rangers very successful this season uh, clinched our first title at the weekend and had the celebrations all across the city well, started the celebrations descended into deplorable behaviour um, now there's a threat that the Celtic Rangers game the Glasgow Derby could be cancelled next week 
I just want to ask the guy, do you think that the celebrations were a bit over the top? Um, and do you think that the fact that Celtic have been dragged into it is just a bit, it's a bit strange in my my views because hmm. Celtic weren't there, Celtic fans weren't there, so I just don't get. I just want to see what the guys think of that. Right, so most people uh, behaved. There was uh, there was excess, which shouldn't have happened. There was the damage to. You know, the benches at George Square and we are in the pandemic and I get it. I was taken by what Stephen Gerrard said, which is I'm certainly not condoning the actions and I find it hard to condemn. It was a it was a one-off thing winning the title in this pandemic time. But no, I don't think anyone here is going to say it was the right thing. No, Most I, Rangers like, fans behaved and stayed away. Yeah, they, they did and they done the right thing. They, they celebrated in their own household, right? But what, one thing that... Um, that I understand it's been a tough year for everybody. Did they need to go and do it? No, I'm not going to st- uh, sit here, Paul, and say, yeah, it was fine. Listen, there's there's clearly government rules and guidelines and you had to stick with it. It's been a tough year for everybody. I get that. Um, but I just had wished that they did stay and do it in the, in the right manner. See, at the end of the day, I, I heard a couple of interviews with Stephen Gerrard. He did ask mm-hmm. the fans to do the, the right thing um, and and obviously watch what they're doing and, and maybe stay at home and do the right thing. But listen, you can't stop people. I, I, I don't see where the blame lies at the manager. People keep asking him questions about it. He can't stop what happened. Um, I, that was the only disappointing thing for me. It was a a, a bad mistake with, with, with some people, but also on the other hand, I can understand because it's been a horrendous year for people. They've been so frustrated um, with what's going on with this, this pandemic. Do you think there'll be a problem in the 21st? I, I would hope not. No, And do you know what? I hope the game goes on. Um, goes ahead, sorry, should I say. And I'm sure it will go ahead. And I'm sure no fans will turn up. I'd be disappointed if I did see that. Do you know, I, I researched it. I was on the breakfast show this morning. They asked me about it and I looked back in October last year. So the first uh, game of the season between the two clubs, politicians were saying, let's not have this game. There'll be trouble. And there wasn't, Marvin, thankfully. Uh, what's your take on it for this game on the 21st of March? Well, first, I think it's, you know, you should applaud the majority who did stay away. Um, you know, we're talking about a minority of, of Rangers fans who were out and, and you know, broke the rules and, and whatever else. But the majority stayed away. You know, Rangers keep saying these two clubs are huge. They got a lot, a lot of fans. You know, so the majority just stay in their uh, homes and, and do things the right way. I agree with Barry. There's nothing the club can do. You know, I play for Livingston, but they can't be accountable, accountable for me now when I walk out of the studio. You know, they can only control me when I'm within the football club, you know. These are fans. The club can't do anything about it. So it's very difficult for Stephen Jarrett to constantly be told, you know, could you have done more? Could you have done more? He, he couldn't. You know, he can ask us for people to go home. Uh, moving forward to the 21st, you know, I, I want the game to go ahead. I, I totally agree. I think both sets of fans will will behave um, and, and stay away from it and, you know, watch it in, in their homes as they should do. But I get the difficulty for the, you know, the politicians as well because I think, right, we've had some fans out um, after Rangers have won the league. We've got a huge game coming up on the 21st. It's the first league game after Rangers have won it and it's against their rivals. So I do kind of understand it from from kind of both sides of the fences. But I, I totally think that the fans will behave and stay away. I hope it's on or we're not working. Indeed, <laughs> on Super Sunday. You're, yeah, you're absolutely right. No, but, I, Ryan did you... make a point as well about the clubs having a nip at each other. I've already said here and go, yeah. I think they shouldn't. Let's not have a go at each other. Yeah, I agree with you. Celtic to Rangers, Rangers to Celtic. That's going to take football nowhere because yep. there's a lot of people yep. who want to hammer Scottish football. You know, we can be the whipping boys. It's absolutely, This is public health we're talking about. We get it, Ryan. You were absolutely measured. No right-minded person would condemn it. But move forward, let's not 
shoot ourselves in the foot here. I hope football. I hope the, yeah. the game's not affected, I'll be honest with you, because you know what? It's a fantastic game. I'm lucky enough to be involved with so many of them, but also it's a great spectacle on the, the TV. Hundreds of thousands of fans will want to sit down and enjoy their Sunday and support their teams. Ryan, Celtic have just tweeted about Liam Shaw. Did you see that today, that Sheffield Wednesday were questioning uh, the pre-contract move to Celtic? Celtic have tweeted in the last few moments saying, Liam Shaw has finalised his pre-contract agreement. He will join Celtic on the 1st of July. So we were talking about it earlier. Yeah. Ryan, he, he seems to be really highly rated, uh, this young player. I see. He seems to be highly rated. It's good that we're starting to plan for next season. I still think we need a permanent manager in. For sure. And I still think... Um, I think well, clearly it's been a bad season for Celtic. There's, there's no getting away for that. It's been a good season. I think Rangers could have had a wee bit more decorum and, and, and grace in how they've celebrated the victory. I don't think Dave King coming out. I think he came out yesterday and he was talking about coefficient. Um, you know, I, I don't know whether Dave King did a, a bit of amnesia and forgot the last nine years where Celtic kind of propped up Scottish football. Yep. Um, I know, I know Dave King likes rewriting history, um, <laughs> but I just think they could have they could have won the title with a wee bit more grace, and it kind of shows them up for what they are. But not Steven Gerrard, I would say. But I think a lot of people would agree Dave King should stay where he was in the past. He did something there. He's not there. Douglas Park and the current board, uh, I think there is more decorum there. I, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. I don't think it's helpful. No, it's definitely not. I think it's petty. Um, it's a bit childish. But uh, at the end of the day, Celtic with a successful period in time, nothing can erase the memories. We've got just won four quadruple trebles, albeit when we won the fourth, uh, the, the fourth treble, um, we were in the middle of a pandemic. We didn't go and celebrate the way Rangers have celebrated, which was a monumental feat. I get that we're in the midst of a, yeah. a bad season, but I just think that um, going forward, Rangers need to take a wee look at themselves and, and and maybe they just need to, to look at Celtic and look at the class and how you how you win trophies and how you be successful and have a wee bit of decorum with it. But I think at that point then, Ryan, I can hear the Rangers fans saying, oh, come on, let's have a respect for each other. But there's that rivalry. I mean, at this point, Barry, we're into the blue and the yeah, green. Yeah, I'm not into all this for sure. that. Listen, yeah. it's been a long... I, I get where Ryan's yeah. coming from. And I says it on the show on Monday and I've said it plenty of times. How much Celtic have dominated Scottish football um, the last nine years it has been phenomenal. And nobody can take that away from them. They've been the best team by a country mile. This this season has been Rangers' season. And hey, see if they overdone it. Right, do you know what? It's been it's been tough. But I, I'm not going for tit for tat. They shouldn't celebrate. The Rangers players are the management team. I just get overexcited a bit. That, that's all I see it as. In terms of the fans, should the fans have stayed away? Of course. I'm not saying the fans should have turned up. But you can't stop them. Stephen Gerrard can't stop them Barry. the club stop yep. can't what would you say about Dave King and his comments Barry do you think that he should he's left the stage now he did yeah he should just let the, the Rangers board go on with yep. the, they're getting on with Dave King Marvin yeah no I agree um, you know you leave the people who are currently in charge to, to kind of get on with it um, you know that obviously those comments weren't needed um, but as Barry said it's such a difficult situation uh, such a difficult situation Ryan Aye, Barry, listen, I like Barry on this. I know he's a Rangers man, but I actually I do enjoy talking to him on this. What I would say, Barry, is you're saying that you don't condone it. The players were hanging out the dressing room window. You know what I mean? They were feeling it. Yeah. So, when it, yeah. Rangers need to have a look at themselves. That's all I'm saying. I get them. Well, I understand yeah. you, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan, I'm not going to sit here and argue... In terms of opening the window and, and celebrating with the fans Listen, see when you're in the moment Sometimes you go over the top at times 
That's all I'm saying. I've been in the situation myself, Ryan. Do you know what? But Barry's obviously you've won mm. multiple competitions. For me, for some of those boys, that's the first time they've won the league. Yep. I'm not being funny. If I if if I win the league for the first time in my career, I don't know how I would react. You know, I wouldn't be controlled. Maybe if you won four, five, or six of them, you'd be totally different. Mm. Yep. But for some of those boys, it's the first time, Ryan. You have to understand, it's the first time they've won a major competition. And I get what's going on in the world, but still, emotions take over. You know, some of those players like Galton and, and the boys who have came up from England, and this is this is unheard of. Like you said, the last nine years, Celtic have won um, repeated competition. You know, the league and the cups and everything else. These boys have just after you know ten years for Rangers Football Club, they've won a league title. You know, so I, I get what you're saying. I get that it's not right, but sometimes you can't always be so reserved because you know you win a competition for the first time, you're absolutely delighted. Mm-hmm. You know, and and. Don't get me wrong, you speak to those players now, they might say to themselves, you know what, we reacted in a really bad way when we did that. But at the time, at that split second, when you win that title for the very first time and you see what it means to the club and everything else and you're on social media as all young players are nowadays, you know, sometimes you react in the wrong way. And I get what you're saying, but we're, it's hindsight. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. At the moment, you know, when you win it and, you know, when you realise, you know what, we've actually done this, boys, and the relief that they would have had because... All they would have been told about when they signed up here is win the league, win the league, win the league, and they've actually did it. You know, so I, I, I get it from from yeah. both sides. As it's I said, an emotional those players, game. it's an emotional yeah. game, and sometimes your emotions overspill, and that's all I think it's happened there. Ryan, who do you want as manager? Because for Celtic now, look into next season, they need to do it soon, don't they? Who do you want I, in charge? Ryan, that's yeah. what I was going to ask you, Ryan. Yeah. Are you concerned that there's not been a manager appointed or whatever route Celtic are going down, yeah. director of football? I'm not concerned because I think that the infrastructure is there at Celtic for us to kick on and for whatever reason it's just no work this season. I think we need a manager, we need a top class manager. It's been, it's been proven with bringing Rodgers in. I think sometimes you need to speculate to accumulate. So I think you go big. If Benitez is available, you bring him in. He's got pedigree, he's got contacts. Um, and we push on. Will Gerard be there next season? I don't know. Will he want a, a shot in the Champions League or will he want to move on? Will he think that's it? Will he stop kind of decrease if, if Celtic go back and, and, and peg them back next season so I think there's loads of things that could happen next season but I think normal service will be resumed and Celtic should win the league next year <laughs> Is that Craig Levino? <laughs> have we heard that a few years ago Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Oh. Hey listen uh, th- this is what it's all about exactly, up here. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. just listen he's, he's a passionate Celtic fan I, I don't mind that at all and this is in Monday really shit. Listen yeah. I'm telling you one thing Celtic will be a wounded animal right at this moment in time and it'll be hurting them. It'll be hurting them. And if I'm in that Rangers um, dress room or involved with Rangers, I'm warning the players, listen, there's going to be one massive fight. It's hard to win a title. The hardest thing is to retain it. It's 1-1 Man City and Southampton at the moment. De Bruyne scored and Ward Prowse a penalty just uh, 10 minutes later. OK, Ryan, thanks for calling. Speak to you again. Cheers. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. Go Radio Football Show tomorrow night. It'll be Rangers will be well underway. In fact, it'll be almost, it will be half time. Rangers playing in Prague, Slavia, Prague. Barry Ferguson's with us, Marvin Bartley, the Livingston captain and you we're taking a few more calls before seven uh, the good news today is women's football is back Marvin Sunday the 4th of April and they're hoping for a full 21 game season yeah amazing amazing for it to be back you know I spoke to you know one good side of social media I spoke to some of the, the ladies players uh, during the lockdown just about their careers and stuff and other people were able to watch in and stuff on it and you know, they've been desperate for football to come back um, you know, and I know they've they've been hard done by because obviously the men's games come back and they've had to wait until this point. But I know at this moment in time there'll be so many of them that are delighted that it's back. 
Leanne Crichton joined us on Monday night. She's great with loads of feedback about Leanne and she'll be pleased to get back with Glasgow City. Yeah, and in terms of women's football, it's certainly on their eyes. It's improving every single year. And as I said, been on with Leanne a few times and I know that she was just desperate to get back and in training now. They've been given the, the green light to start on the 4th of April, I think it is. Um, so, great to see. Um, just wish I was back. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and there's no words. No, we're, we're not getting back. No, no, definitely not. No, no, it doesn't look like it. Um, we've asked for lateral flow testing, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but... I think some of the clubs in, in our, our league, it would be too expensive um, to do the testing, which I totally get, mm-hmm. I totally understand. Um, but you're so top of the table at Kelty Hearts. Yeah, we're just hopefully yeah. getting a playoff. Yeah. Um, we we didn't get a playoff game last year, um, so we're hoping we, we get a bit of luck and, and get the playoff uh, game this year. But we just need to wait and see. What about the players you have as well? That must be difficult. Maybe you can't yeah, say yet. I've got a yet, decision but, I need yeah. to make, Paul, because I've got seven or eight of my players... Um, are wanted by other clubs a um, couple of levels above so in terms of the, the way the year's been financially for a, a lot of people I, I need to think of my players first and foremost and they might need that security I can't give them any security now in terms of contract so it's a decision that I'll need to make in the, in the next week or two because first and foremost I, I care about them I understand the club situation as well um, but um, as I said the next couple of weeks there'll, there'll be a few decisions um Need to be to, uh, be made. Sorry, I can see how busy your phone is. It is amazing in management. You've you're taking the the reserve team at yeah. Livingston. You know when you can, uh, Marvin. You're 34. Mm-hmm. There again next season. I'm thinking of Sire on Sire Ferry. He's back uh, training again with Peter Head. He's 33. It must be tough. Could you imagine not being able to train for two months at this time of the year? How long it would take you to get back to fitness? Well, no. Like you said, we had it at the start of the of yeah. the first lockdown. You know, we had a, a prolonged break, and and it's so difficult to come back. And that's me being a full time player. You mm-hmm. know. Obviously, Barry's boys are a part time, and when you get into your thirties, as Barry will tell you, you know things get a little bit harder to do. So the break, you know, took me a long, long time to kind of get up to speed again. And you know, I, I, could, I feel sorry for the boys at, at the lower level and the girls at the lower level who can't play because you know they love it just as much as I do. Just because I'm full time professional and they're part time, they love it just the same. So. But obviously, you know, it's about keeping safe and whatever else. But yeah, such a difficult situation for them. Going to take another call from a Rangers fan in a moment or two. The Rangers are the champions. Here is arguably player of the year for Rangers, Conor Goldson. Still don't think it's sunk in properly, what we've actually achieved. It's a weird one, obviously. When ever have won things in the past, you've been going on holiday, going, um, going away straight away with your team or with your family and... We're only in March, there's a lot of the season still to play, so it's a weird one because folks has got straight back on football and straight back on a huge tie that we've got ahead of us. At the same time, still got goosebumps now thinking about it. It was it was amazing and yeah, it was probably the best day of my career. Just the points that you were making, that euphoria when you win a title in a season when at the start probably the bookies were going with Celtic to make it 10 in a row Well Paul yeah. if you'd said to me at the start of the season mm. that um, the first week of March Rangers were going to be 20 points ahead and win the league and still be in the last 16 I would have I would have thought you were crazy You um, thought you were Sean from Garthamlick who did say that months ago Yeah he did say it and I'll be honest with you I thought it was going to be a lot closer this year um, but I, I never seen this coming um, but again you've got to give Rangers credit the the levels of consistency certainly domestically has um, been absolutely unbelievable and also in Europe 
Do you know what I'm hearing? Sean was in Talk Sport yesterday morning on speaking to Jim White. Sean and Garthamlock was on there <laughs> after his <laughs> celebrations. Oh yeah, uh, he was spotted. He was heard. Um, <laughs> Marvin, uh, let's look at tomorrow night's game. We hear from Stephen Gerrard about the match with Slavia Prague. We will tell the players that they need to be ready and they need to be at the very best to complete this challenge because uh, Slavia are a very good team, very efficient team, really strong, powerful, can run a lot, can also play from a technical point of view. So we're well aware of the size of this challenge we have to be at our very best to, to complete it uh, we're going on the phone lines I think uh, yeah we can William's on the line in Mary Hill I just see Davy Weir is going to be on the programme tomorrow night with Rob uh, the former Rangers assistant manager and captain and he played till he was about uh, what 63 three. <laughs> yeah, well yeah. interesting when, when we Rangers signed mm-hmm. uh, um, Davy I, I think it was short term six months um, and he ended up staying for about three or four years after that. And I think he played till he was 41, David. Wow. Um, never had a lot of pace, even when he was younger, Paul. But what a what a fantastic servant he was to Rangers. Did you play against him when you were at Hibs? Or did you just no, miss no, him? No, I just missed him. Just, just missed, missed him, him yeah. I'm yeah. a bit younger than Barry. <laughs> we know, I well, know. Actually, he was assistant to Matt Walmart. Hops me that. <laughs> William, you're a Rangers fan, first time caller from Mary Hill. How are you, William? I'm good, guys. How are you? Good, very well. Have you had a good celebration? What did you do? Um, Saturday night, I just went out of my pal's house. It's actually a Celtic supporter. Sat drinking with Ray money and Sunday I have got dissertation work to be doing, so I just sat in and did that. Socially distanced, of course, as it's changing uh, from Friday. So, William, what do you want to say to Barry and Marvin and the Go Radio audience? Yeah, so obviously, probably like for the first time I can think back to like the Dick Abacat era when I was like first starter supporting Rangers where Rangers have had like a like, a proper strong squad of like depth and quality so I was just wondering like to ask Barry like who does he think like the best Rangers front three is because obviously we've had a lot of rotation between like Hadji, Ken, Kamara, Roof and that as such and they've all been like quite successful to a certain point but as a Rangers fan I don't really know like, who the best front three is just wondering what Barry thinks about that It's a uh... A good question, William. If you ask my honest opinion, I'm going to go with Morelos, obviously up top, Kent, and I prefer Roof, if I'm being honest with you. I think he brings a bit uh-huh. more, certainly away from home. But don't don't get us wrong here. I, th- I think Hadji's done excellent the last few weeks. Um, I think he's done really well. Look, there's no doubt he's got great quality, but for me, the, the strongest front three is, is Kamal Roof, um, Morelos and, and Kent. Uh, that's just more my opinion. Listen, it might be different for other ones. I just think that's the strongest front three, William. Marv, you've played against them. What do you think? Yeah, I would just swap. Probably it's a, such a hard one, but Ruth for Aribo. Just because I think, you know, if they've got a fully fit squad, then the three in midfield behind him, um, I would have him on, on the right-hand side. But as Barry said, it's so difficult. You know, they've got so many quality players. Um, so it's just, again, it's just sort of your opinion, I suppose. See, I, I was going to ask you, I, I prefer Aribo centrally. Yeah. Going forward, you've come up against them in both positions, so you think. Yeah, he saying. ran away from me in both. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, uh, I think when if they got a fully fit team, obviously you know got mm. Davis, Kamara, Jack, Arfield, you know you got fit three of that four into the yeah. centre midfield area. So I just think Ariba has to play. Mm-hmm. For me, he has to play. So yeah. I'd play him on the right hand side. I, I think in time, if he keeps improving, certainly this season he, he's been excellent. I know he had the injury at the start of the season, and Arfield come in and done excellent. He's been great for Rangers, but I think Ariba's got so much going from. Yeah, can both go both sides. Um, He's starting to add goals to his game. I think Rangers have got one hell of a player on their, their hands just now in Aribo. 
but front three, I prefer Roof <laughs> um, and I prefer Aribo centrally. What do you feel on that, William? What would you say? Um, I probably say I think like Roof looks like he looks like a lot more busier, but it's just like something about Hadji. I mean, it's like, at times he looks like he has like absolutely no pace and he can't trap the ball, but then he'll do something absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean? There's real class there, there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's no doubt yeah. he's got uh, fantastic ability. Yep. Um, as you say, I get where William's coming from. He frustrates me sometimes when I, I watch him. He'll go and be sloppy for five or ten minutes. Uh, but then he comes up with a, a, a bit of magic. There, there's no doubt, and he's he's got great ability in the in that left foot. But I, I just believe that the strongest three is the three that I'd mentioned. How do you feel about tomorrow night? What do you think is going to happen, William? Um, I'm quite excited to be honest, mm-hmm. Paul. But obviously, like Slavia Prague, yeah. they're like a, like a good good side. I think like they made like the like semi finals in that a couple of years ago, and obviously they beat Leicester. But in my honest opinion, I think this is probably the best Rangers team in Europe I've seen. Mm-hmm. Since probably like the Avocat era when we used to play teams like obviously Bayern Munich, Valencia, and After Park, which Barry obviously played in. Mm. Obviously, Walter Smith's teams are a lot more pragmatic. Yeah. They had to do what they had to do. But back then, it was like talking like world class teams coming to Ibox and getting absolutely battled. Marvin, what do you think tomorrow night? I think, uh, you know, Rangers would be happy with a draw. You know, I, th- I think if they can get a draw and then get them back to Ibrox then, you know, I fancy them going through 100%. I think it's going to be a really, really difficult uh, game. But as Gerard said, you know, it's it's one of those, that I think if, Ger- uh, if Rangers rather go and play at the level that they can, you know, they'll be very, very confident, especially over the two legs. But it's about flicking that switch again tomorrow and being like, right, it's back to business now, boys. And, you know, hopefully they can do it. Barry? As long as they've recovered yeah. for the weekend, because <laughs> yeah. I, I obviously I seen what they were, they were up to, and rightly so, they've, they've got to go in and, and enjoy the, the, the moment. But I'm sure the, the manager will I'll get back into them. As I said, Tuesday, Wednesday would have been important training sessions. Um, and for me, just what Marv says, I think he came away with, with a draw over in, in Prague. It'll be an excellent result. And I think Rangers are, are more than capable of, of doing that. Uh, with our performances in Europe this season and then to get them in the, the second leg at Ibrooks, I think Rangers have got a brilliant opportunity getting into the quarterfinals William we want to ask you another question before you go Man City have gone up 3-1 they've gone in 3-1 up at half time so there's a late goal in the first half from Mares, and then three minutes into the injury time Gundogan so 3-1 Man City against Southampton what do you think about the match do you think it'll be okay for the 21st William the game will go ahead at Celtic yeah definitely it's like I don't, I think also all that stuff just happened over the weekend. It was like an yeah. explosion oh. of obviously 10 years of emotion. So I mean? It's like there's been Rangers, yep. we've came a long way since pulling the bush out of breaking and stuff like that. All the hammers. Oh, the old hedge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like obviously all the hammerings of Celtic stuff like getting beat like 5-1 like twice in a season. That just never ever used to happen. So I think it's just like 10 years worth of emotion have all spilled out in that. And when you look at the crowd, it was all like, young boys and stuff who've probably never ever seen Rangers for a trophy mm. so I don't I can't see anything like that happening in the 21st hopefully but yeah yep. definitely not I think we all hope that is the case and I think it is it was the first time for them we've had lockdown uh, I and think like, William yeah. summed it up brilliantly there mm-hmm. emotions frustrations yeah. uh, what's been happening over the last 10 or so years and listen I think the game will go ahead and I don't think there'll be any trouble whatsoever no Thanks, William. Spread the word. Call again. It was good to have you on. Thanks for making the switch. Cheers, William. No problem, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Really good call. And I, I do think, because we're talking about it today, what is going to happen? And my sense of it is that we'll, it will it will all calm down. Both sides need to listen. Stop and we go to each other. There's no point in that. I say that to both boards. Come on. 
you know, rise above all of it, but be against each other. Celtic start the rebuild now. And Rangers, how far can they go with Steven Gerrard? That's a it's a big question, Marvin. We've got about 20 seconds left. Great to see you. Um, good luck at the weekend, although you're up against the Hamilton Ackies oh, and the Hamilton boys. <laughs> great to see you, Marvin. Get that point, surely, in the Cheers. next... Yeah, well, at the weekend. A point? Yep. Uh, do you know what? I'll settle for a point. That's my local team. Barry's back on Friday with Sai. Marvin, we'll see you hopefully next week. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks very much. Jokal Day is coming up next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk.